You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Belinda Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, what if? How would your world look like if you accepted His will and His ways in everything you do? Do you live a life knowing that you are loved? Turn to your neighbor and say, do you live a life knowing that you are loved? Turn to your other neighbor and say, God isn't angry at you. Oh my goodness, God isn't angry at me. I'm not really convinced about that Pastor Belinda or Marby or just B. God is not angry with you. God wants you to draw near to him because he wants to spend time with you. We serve a God who is infinitely greater than anything we could ever imagine. God was willing to suffer a lifetime of rejection. Even the rejection of his own father to be able to touch you. So God was willing to suffer rejection, even the rejection of his father for you. Just based on that, can you imagine what God is? Turn to your neighbor and say, God was willing to suffer rejection, even the rejection of his father for you. He was willing to go to the cross, to walk on this earth, to have a relationship with you. The question this morning is, who is God to you? I'm going to read a scripture verse this morning in Matthew. Matthew 16, verse 13 to 16. Can we go there? It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that that I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. But then he said to them, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are Messiah, the son of the living God. This morning, church, God has the same question for you. Who do you say God is? Who do you say God is? If God had to come to you this morning and say, who do you say I am? What would, your, what would your answer be? Think about it for this, mo- this morning. If God had to come and say, who do you say I am? Because that determines the life you're going to live. That determines the life, the questions you're going to have answered. That determines how you're going to walk with God. If you can answer, who do you say I am? I will know exactly where you're standing with the Lord and with your relationship with the Lord. Because you know what, church, many times we put God in a box and we say, God, you can only do this and this and this. What if, how would your life look if you decided to believe everything God said about you? Where this conversation went on, just before that, Jesus was actually praying. If we look at the book of Luke, we see Jesus was praying before this moment where he came to his disciples and he said, who do people say I am? And then he made it more personal and he said, who do you say I am? Isn't it easier to say who people say he is? He said, it's Elijah, it's Jeremiah, it's John the Baptist, everybody that had passed on before. But when it came to the place of saying, who do you say I am? Things change. Because when you say, who do you say I am? This is the question that answers any worldview, any philosophy, any, anything about you is answered in that one phrase. Who do you say Jesus Christ is? The place that Jesus confronted his disciples about this was in Philippi. It was actually in an area, it's on a mountainside, where in the hillside there was carved out little ditches 
where they, um, people had put their gods that they were serving. Did you, did you know that? Where God asked the disciples this question was where this specific place was, where other people were actually worshiping other gods. Do you hear what I'm saying? So Jesus confronts his disciples in the midst of all these carvings where people have placed what is important to them and the gods that they serve. They say they even thought there was child sacrifices done at, at that place. And Jesus comes to his disciples in this place and says, who do you say I am? And the disciples have to answer and they say, Lord, this one and this one says you this, but I say you're Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. My spirit has revealed this to you. Amen. And this is what we have to understand why this is important to answer. Because who God is to you is what God will be to you. Because God wants to be everything, but we limit him. Amen. Through, I say the messiness of our lives, we limit him. Who you say God is who he is, the answer to this will determine the life that you will live. If you believe Jesus Christ is your healer, he will be your healer. If you believe Jesus Christ will be your deliverer, because even though Jesus wants to be all these things, it's us that limits God, not God that limits us. We need to recognize Jesus for who he is and change who we are to confine to who he is. But many times we think we can take the reins because we say, Jesus, we know how to handle this. Amen. Us girls, have we ever done that? Lord, we know how to handle this. But you know what, church, in your heart, there's only place for one. And sometimes instead of choosing joy, we choose depression. Instead of choosing a purpose, we choose misery. But to have a purpose, you have to let go of the misery. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? Just bear with me this morning. I really believe this is a message from the heart of God for you. What if you decided to believe what God thinks about you? What would your life look like? Just what if? Amen? God says you're an overcomer. He says you're going over, not under. He says you're blessed beyond measure. He says I'm there with you every day. Every second of every day, of every moment, of every hour, I'm right there with you. But many of us don't believe that. God says lay your burdens down. And you know what we do? We say, God, I understand you say lay my burdens down, but I've got this. As girls, we're really good at that, amen? We sometimes lay the burden down and just come collect it later. Who's with me? <laughs> but God says, lay your burden down because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But you have to believe that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We have to come and lay it down. You know, my son, in the, he was in the kitchen the other day and he, he shook a ginger beer bottle. You know, the homemade ginger beer bottle? And he thought he had to mix everything inside of the ginger beer bottle before he could drink it. So after he shook it, he opened the lid. So can you imagine what happened? It looked like a nuclear explosion in my kitchen. All right? Everything was sticky. Everything, everything. Who's ever done that before? Is it just happened in the Mulder house? He shook this bottle and it just exploded. And I walked in the kitchen and even after we've mopped it many, many times, it was still sticky. And I said, yo, this, this is crazy how the sugar is sticking to the floor. And the Holy Spirit just put in my heart, you know what? Sometimes, us as Christians, we just become a little bit messy. We don't, I didn't throw Jordan out the house when he made a mess. I didn't tell him he's not a Mulder anymore. I didn't tell him he doesn't belong there anymore. I didn't tell him he should take the road. Sometimes we just get messy. Who's with me? I know I get messy. 
And we need to come to Jesus and say, Lord, this messiness, I can't even sort this out in my own strength. I need you. And the God of the universe will come and intervene. And just like I had to clean that floor, sometimes a couple of times, even the kettle was sticky. Even when I went to go visit somebody in the hospital that afternoon, I was walking and my feet were sticky because that ginger beer had gone everywhere. But I did not love Jaden less because he makes ginger beer everywhere. Do you hear what I'm saying to you this morning, church? You are his beloved. You are his beloved. You are his beloved. He doesn't love you less when you make a mess. But sometimes we go back to our default setting. You know what's our default setting? Our sin setting. So we automatically run back to that setting where we're so used to condemnation, guilt, depression, anxiety, fear. But if we, if we don't keep moving towards the cross and replacing that with the cross, those things automatically kick in. That's what I mean by a default setting. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? Are you saying that no weapon is formed against me? Or are you saying, oh my Lord, which weapon is coming next? Are you saying, I know the God I serve? Or are you saying, I'm not sure if Jesus is going to come through for me? I'm going to give him a really good chance, but I'm not sure he's going to come through for me. Do you know the God you serve? Because if I ask you this morning, who do you say he is? That is the question that you, need to, that you need to settle in your heart this morning. Your default setting is messy. Who's had a messy moment? Who's shaken the ginger beer bottle inside of you? And it's just gone everywhere. But you know, the sweet Holy Spirit just comes and he says, come, let's clean it up. Because you know what? As long as you're pursuing the cross, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to help you clean this kitchen floor, even if it's 29,000 times today. We're going to clean it until you're okay. How's that? This is the God we serve, church, the God of the universe. And it's us that, that say, God, we don't believe you big enough for this. It's not God. He sees the things you need, and he's there for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, even if life gets missing, God is there. The stickiness of the ginger beer didn't make us move out the house. Many times people say, I've made a mess. God doesn't want me anymore. We didn't move because the ginger beer was all over the kitchen. Amen? Does it make sense? We stayed, and sometimes the Holy Spirit just used that in my life to say, you know what, sometimes you're messy, but I don't move. Sometimes we, we, are, we think God moves away, but he doesn't. He's right there. He's right there to help you. But you must be careful what you say in these times because your future is listening. Do you hear what I'm saying? Be careful what you are saying when you are a little messy because your future is listening. Whatever you are saying is creating your future. So even in your messiness, when, when you've fallen down or you've made a mistake, you can stand up and say, Lord, I know the thoughts you have towards me. Thoughts of good and not of evil. You can stand up and say, Holy Spirit of love, come and forgive me. Come and be my love because I have unforgiveness in my heart. Holy Spirit of goodness, forgive my evil deeds. Holy Spirit of self-control, help me. Help me. It's as simple as that, church. It's so simple. But when we get messy, we run away. We don't come to God. And he just wants to come and strip away everything. Sometimes our messiness actually just shows us what's going on in our hearts. Who can say amen to that? The messiness actually just shows us what's going on inside. So if it's, everything's going great, sometimes we don't really see what's going on inside. But when the messiness comes, we actually see what's going on deep down inside. But God wants to take these things away and strip us, not because he hates us, because he loves us. Let us be eager to leave what is familiar for what is true. 
Francis Chan said that. He said, let's leave what is familiar for what is true. What is familiar for us as ladies? We like to worry a little bit. Who's with me? We're like, oh, Lord, the children, uh, they need to get to school, and they need to get lunch, and they need to get that, and I need to do this, and I need to get that. And I, We need to just lay it down and say, Lord, even in this, I'm going to choose you. I'm not going to be this person that's stressed. I'm going to be the person that relies on you. And sometimes, even after you've decided to rely on the Lord, you do get a messy moment. My son is 19, okay? So even on a 19-year-old could have a messy moment, just like us. What are you doing to disconnect from those things that are keeping you back? What are you doing? When are you ready to let go? Sometimes I say to people, just get tired of being tired of being tired of being you. Because then we can lay it down and say, Holy Spirit, you be me. And I need you. We need to get to that place where when you're ready to grow, you have to be able to go. What that means is you have to leave those things behind you. And you have to choose because joy and anger cannot live together in one heart. You have to choose one of the two. Peace or depression cannot live together in one heart. You cannot be peaceful and have depression at the same time. Am I talking to the right people? We have to let go of one and cleave to the other. And you know what makes the decision which one is gonna win? Who do you say I am? Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is asking you this morning, who do you say I am? Who do you say he is? Is he your everything or is he your something? Is he just convenient when you need him? Or do you want a relationship with him? Because based on these answers is the life you will live. Because God says, I have everything for you. You are my beloved. There's nothing more that I could do for you. I've put the, the stars in the, in the sky. And I told the ocean, go one way. And the ocean went one way. And I said, let there be light. And there was light. And let there be darkness. And there was darkness. And Jesus said, yeah, I was a lion. And there was a lion. And Jesus said, yeah, I was a person. And yeah, I was a person. This is the God we serve. There's no limit to him. But we limit him because we decide we can handle this better than him. Am I with you? Do you mind if I say it like it is? God says, lay your burden down. We say, no, Lord, I've got this. I, I can actually handle this burden. You're the one that's not really understanding the course here. I, I'm going to take this burden, make this part of my me. And then you become that person or you become that burden that you are carrying. You, you know what I'm speaking about? When the Lord says to you, you know what, forgive that one. And you say, you know what, Lord, to cuddle, cuddle this bitterness is just so nice. I can't see that it can hurt me. It's actually quite nice and warm and fuzzy. And I actually think I deserve it. Who's ever been there? Where God says forgive and we say, you know what, uh-uh. But the Lord says to us, you know what, I'm not making it complicated. It's not complicated. It's an exchange. Your burden for me. Your depression for me your hatred for my forgiveness. If I could forgive you over and over again a thousand times, can't you forgive someone once? Isn't that what God says? He says, I've forgiven you today and you know God is predictable so you know tomorrow God will forgive you and you know the next day God will forgive you and you know the next day God will forgive you. But you yourself, you decide, you know what, here's the strap, I'm gonna only go this far and that's it. Are you ready to give up your issues and your memories and your thoughts and hand them over to God and say, God, I can't. 
Or you're going to say, the creator of the universe, you've made a little mistake here. I'm that one human being that could actually handle this. <laughs> but that's what we sometimes do, church. We tell God, you know, God says, come to me, lay these things down. They're going to hurt you. And you know what you do? God, I understand that, but this one is special. I'm going to keep hold of this one and keep this one because I really believe I deserve this and you don't quite understand what I understand. Are you ready to give up your issues, your memories, and your thoughts to God? When life does not make sense, go back to the beginning. When life does not make sense, go back to the beginning. What do I mean? When life does not go, make sense, go back to right in the beginning. And what started everything? The love of God for you. So when life doesn't make sense, go back to the beginning where Jesus died for you and he says, you are my beloved. You are my beloved. You are mine. Jesus doesn't look at you and hate you. He looks at you out of love and he says, I want you to have a good life. I want to love you. I want to bless you. I want to be your God. I want you to be my people. If God did not want to do that, he would not have gone to the cross. When your thoughts get complex, receive the love of God. As ladies, we can take one little sentence and crash, 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 crash it up or break it up into 6,000 pieces. Am I right? You know, that person just looked at me. I knew. Mm, I knew what they're thinking. I knew exactly what they were thinking. That look, and you know how that lady stood? She stood just like this, and I just, I just knew. She had an issue with me. <laughs> Amen? Ladies, am I, are you with me? <laughs> We do that, and we try and interpret everything we've seen when we should put the love of God over our eyes and say, you know what, that person must think I'm incredible. Can you imagine? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When we start changing our glasses and start seeing the kitchen is just sometimes a little messy, the Holy Spirit is there to help us clean it, then we start believing in the name of Jesus. And we say, when Jesus asks, who do you say I am? We can say, Lord, you are everything. Do you remember the time when you fell in love with Jesus? Do you remember that first feeling? Who remembers that first feeling when you fell in love with Jesus? We need to return back to that church because God hasn't changed. Who has changed? We have changed, right? We've let the thoughts and the world become part of us. We, we've sometimes reverted back to our default setting. The sin setting. Instead of saying, God, you have the answer to all my needs. And you have the answer to any question that will ever arise. This answer will determine how much of God is in your life. Who do you say he is? Do you believe he can heal an incurable disease? Do you believe he can make a way in the desert? Do you believe he can heal a broken marriage? Do you believe his name is Jesus? Or do you believe his name is not Jesus? No. His name is Jesus. Jesus means it's the answer to all problems in life. He is your answer to your family. He's your answer to your business. He's your answer to everything. Amen? But how much of that do you believe? How much do you believe in the impossible? Because God tells us, church, you do the possible. I will do the impossible. Amen. And this is where we get it sometimes wrong. Our possible is to take the word of God and to make it a part of us. Our possible is to come to church and be part of a body. Our possible is to choose God. Amen. It's a choice, church. God will do the impossible. We do the possible. Amen. 
come back to that childlike belief where, where God said, jump, you jumped. When God said, sat, you sat. Amen? Yeah, we're offering ourselves as a living sacrifice. It's not about who we come from or what we've done. Sometimes a living sacrifice, it was very interesting for me that, that God asked these disciples at the very place where sacrifices had been done, who do you say I am? Maybe there was a connection there that he was saying, you know what, if you say who I am, you are going to be, have to become that living sacrifice. Because all these other gods, all these worldviews, all these religions that were there were for other, other gods that weren't even alive. What does a living sacrifice do? The Lord Jesus says, let's go left, we go left. Lord Jesus says, let's go right, we go right. Lord Jesus says, stop, we say stop. The Lord Jesus says, tell someone I love them. You go tell someone he loves them. Amen. Have you ever did, done that in a, in a spa or something? Say to someone, I, Jesus loves you. But yet we're children of light. There's no, no limit to who God is. There's no limit to who he is. In Job 42 verse 1 to 2, Job replied and said to the Lord, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. I know you can do anything and no one can stop you. Can you say that this morning, church? I know you can do anything and no one can stop you. If I can hear you this morning, can I hear you say, I know you can do anything but, and no one can stop you. I know you can do anything but no one can stop you. I know you can do anything, but no one can stop you. Church, we need a revelation of this. I want you to stand up right now. We're going to pray and proclaim. I'm going to tell you who God is. Amen. I'm going to proclaim. Just close your eyes and I'm going to tell you who the Lord Jesus said. The Lord Jesus said, I am the beginning and the end. I've loved you with an everlasting love. I was there when the world was formed. I will be there at the end of time. I chose you before you were born. I know every tear that you cry, I place it in a bottle. I know who God is. I know who, who God is. Attach me to your word, Lord. Attach me to who you are, Jesus. I want to proclaim over you this morning that you are his beloved, that he's your strength, he's your wisdom, he's your grace, he's your mercy. Your past is over. He is the anointing in your life. He's the beginning and the end. He's the architect of your future. And this morning I just say, I say, Lord, give us a divine exchange of your spirit. Give us a divine exchange of your spirit. Church, speak to him this morning. Say, Lord, give me a divine exchange of your spirit. Let your fire fall and consume everything that's not of you, Lord. I choose to lay it down. I choose to give it to you, Father. I choose you, Lord. Who do you say God is this morning? Lord, take every thought, break every addiction, Father. We speak to fear and anxiety, Father, and we say in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you have authority over my mind. In Jesus' mighty name, I take authority over my mind in Jesus' mighty name, and I choose you, Jesus. 
Fill me, Lord, with a fresh fire that will consume all of me that is not pleasing of you. Consume every part of me that keeps me from you. Can that be your prayer this week, church? Consume every part of me that keeps me from you. Not the next week, Father, now. Consume it now, Lord. I need a fresh fire to burn in me like never before. I want to burn for you, Jesus. Speak to him, church. I'm hungry for you. Lord, send a fresh fire into my situation. God is the great I am. God is your healer. God is your provider. God is your hope. God is your promise. God is your shepherd. God is your friend. God is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He's the keeper of all creation and the creator of all things. He's the architect of the universe and the manager of it all. He is always and always will be unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. He was bruised and brought to healing. He was pierced, but eased our pain. He was dead, but brings life. He was risen, but brings power. He reigns and he brings peace. The world cannot understand him. Armies cannot defeat him. Schools cannot explain him. Leaders cannot ignore him. He is light. He is love. He is longability. He is Lord. He is goodness. He is kindness. He is faithfulness. And he is your God. He is right here. He is eternal. He is never changing. His mind is on you 24-7 a day. He's your savior, your guide, your peace, your comfort. He rules your life. We serve him because he's good to us every single day of our life. His bond is love and his burden is light. And his goal for us is abundant life. We will follow him because he is wisdom for the wise. He's power for the powerful. He's the ancient of times. He's the ruler of all rulers and he's the leader of all leaders. His goal is a relationship with you and me. He will never forsake you. He will never leave you. He will never forget you. He will never overlook you. He will never mislead you. He will never forsake you. When I fall, he lifts me up. When I fail, he forgives me. When I hurt, he leads me. When I've lost my way, he makes a way. When I'm weak, he's strong. When I'm afraid, he's my courage. When I stumble, he steadies me. When I'm broken, he binds me. When I'm blind, he leads me. And when I'm hungry, he feeds me. When I face a trial, he's the one who's with me. When I face persecution, he shields me. He's everything. Just speak to him this morning, church. He's everything. He's not just my everything. He's everyone's everything. He's every way and he's everywhere. He is our God and he is faithful. I am his and he is mine. He's the Lamb of God, the great I am, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the name above all names. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Every 
heartbeat in your chest should remind you that your heart is beating. His heart is beating for you. Every heartbeat in your chest must remind you that God's heart beats for you. Amen? Every time you feel wind on your face, you can remember the Holy Spirit is right there. When you walk, He will be your strength. When you sit, He will be your strength. He wants to love you, church. He wants to take the hurt away. He wants to make you new. But he asks you one question this morning. Who do you say that I am? Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.